It's Friday, the 11th of November, and that means it's time for Friday on my mind. A little bit of a brain dump. What am I thinking about? What have I been eating? What am I looking forward to? So last night I was at the Eat Drink Design Awards, which recognize visual brilliance in hospitality. It's really great because when I'm writing about food and writing about restaurants, I guess I don't really uh, focus as much as I perhaps should on the design of the restaurants, uh, what they are like as spaces to be in. So it's really nice to highlight that. Um, Victoria scooped the pool. So D'Astasio in Carlton won the best restaurant design. Uh, music room at her bar in the city won best bar, which is a, it's an amazing timbered space. It's like walking into a speaker, very cool. Visual Identity Award went to Rocco's Bologna Discoteca in Fitzroy, which is super fun, a little bit retro, a little bit cheeky. um, And I feel like the visual identity really speaks to what it feels like to be there, which is irreverent, um, nostalgic, but really... It's just such a nudge and a wink kind of place. It's very cool. Um, Baker Blue and Via Porta, their new venues in the eastern suburbs, both took out the – they shared the retail award, um, very swanky stores. Um, Sydney's Ace Hotel took out the best hotel design. I've had the fortune to stay there and it is a very cool place and I'm looking forward to going back now that the restaurant on the rooftop is open. Um I thought it was really interesting that the best cafe went to the common at the airport in Brisbane. And I reckon airport hospo really is having a moment. Um, I've also really enjoyed uh, Biggie Smalls at the, in um, the Virgin departure area at Melbourne airport. I think there is pretty good food at airports. I guess I want to say like Movida really led the way um, in Sydney at the Virgin um, Virgin area. Yeah, it's good. Um, There's still a bit of bad, but there's a lot of good. And actually, just a random shout out to the AFL bar at Melbourne Airport, which sounds like it would be like super blokey and um, uh, just like not a great environment. But I mean, I'm a footy fan and I love going in there because when it was footy season, you could watch the footy. But also it's just, yeah, it's just a pretty cool place to hang out if you've got a while before your flight. Um, so yeah, awards are happening. So eat, drink, design awards, shout out to Cassie Hansen from Artichoke magazine, who always does such a great job in leading, um, leading that event. It's the good food guide awards for Melbourne this Monday night. And then the following Monday in Sydney for the new South Wales awards. And that's a pretty exciting time for the industry. I've got a story in the Sunday age this weekend about the chef of the year nominations, um, And I chatted to a previous Chef of the Year winner about about what it means to be named Chef of the Year. So Dan Hunter from Bray, he won the award in 2014 and 2016. I think I'm right in saying that. And he spoke of the award as the ultimate pat on the back, but quickly acknowledged that restaurants are primarily team environments. However, having said that, and I'll just quote what he said, They do have drivers, individuals within those teams that contribute in a way that makes things happen, gives an identity, do the groundwork, walk in every day with energy to motivate the teams. 
And he sort of spoke of awards as recognition but also a spur to continue to innovate and lead. So that person is probably is someone who is probably changing the industry slightly, setting standards for others to aspire to and hopefully bringing their teams with them, challenging the status quo and improving all aspects of the industry along the way. I thought it was, yeah, so well said, um, super articulate um, and... Yeah, I'm just really excited. Maybe I won't mention the nominees. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to yet, but um, yeah, uh, that will all be in um, the Sunday Age and on the Good Food website on Sunday. Uh, So one thing that I'm really loving at the moment is all of the alternative sources of joy and interest in food. There are so many... um, new magazines and, uh, yeah, new magazines. So I want to just give a shout out to Swill, Verizon, Tart, um, and Snackzine. I'm also, I'm, there's, there's lots of others as well, but I'm doing a little article for Raf Rashid, um, from Beatbox Kitchen, who's one of the Snackzine, uh, publishers. I'm writing a story about Turkish bread and it's just been so interesting to think about the place of Turkish bread in Melbourne. Um, I was just chatting to uh, Tuche Bayraktar, who's a young Turkish chef who was on the podcast way back in the day when we did a whole series on visa holders. She's a student chef and um, working as a chef as well in Melbourne. Um, She said that, you know, the Turkish bread that we call Turkish bread here is really unknown in Turkey. So that's part of my story. It's really, really interesting. Um, And speaking of bread and Turkey, this is kind of typical uh, food writer rabbit hole. Um, So in Turkey, like there's so much, what would you say, political upheaval, uh, crackdowns, um, yeah, just uh, awful tightening up and loss of freedom in Turkey. It's really fraught and not good. But they just arrested the head of the baker's union because he called bread-eating societies stupid. Um, So the... Reuters report says Turkey jailed a bakery union head for publicly insulting the Turkish nation on Wednesday, state media reported, after he said society's stupid fondness for bread explained why it had elected President Tayyip Erdogan's governments for two decades. So there's Turkey's got extraordinary inflation, bread is rising. Um, I don't know, it, it's just there's so much that well, we could dig into here, but I suppose the rise in the price of bread is has been the cause of revolutions for centuries, um, you know, most recently and most notably, I suppose, the Arab Spring um, in Egypt. And, yeah, it's just really, it's just really interesting to think about, especially in a climate of inflation in Australia and around the world. I'm not saying we're about to have a revolution, but people when people are stretched on the basics, um, yeah, it can forge dramatic change or dramatic action anyway. Uh, I want to, just thinking about people who are doing really cool stuff and really thoughtful stuff in food, I want to give a shout out to Lee Tran Lam and especially her Patreon newsletter and podcast, which I um, subscribe to. It's always so interesting to see what she's been writing about, listening to um, and thinking about a really, yeah, she's just great. So shout out to Lee Tran. What have I been eating? 
Last weekend, I drove down to the Mornington Peninsula just for a cheeky little day trip because it was such a beautiful day. I stopped off at the Torello Farm Gate shop um, where they've got a big chalkboard which said, you know, throw away your shopping list. Uh, you know, your shopping list is what's right in front of you. This is what's growing now. And I think so many of, so many of us are sort of shopping and cooking more seasonally, more responsively to what's out there rather than abstractly uh thinking of something we might want to cook and then going out and finding the ingredients. It's um, definitely a more connected way to cook when you just look at what's around. Um, I also really appreciate the Torello Farm approach to selling meat. There are so many different cuts that they package up and they've got uh, – yeah, suggestions on how to cook them, whether they're a stewing cut, whether they're a grilling cut. I think so many of us get really boxed into if we're cooking, you know, porterhouse or chops or whatever it is. But there, are, I bought some um, scotch fillet neck cuts. I think it's not what they were called, but anyway, it was from taken from the neck, and it was just a. It was a I did it in a stir fry, and it was yeah, just super delicious. Quite a textured cut, but the flavour was extraordinary. Um, yeah, so if you're down on the Mornington Peninsula, look out for Torello Farm. It's really such a nice place. Um, I've, I'm doing a few events coming up over the next little while. Um, next week, I'm on a panel along with Sandro DeMeo from Vic Health speaking about um, healthy eating and how people think about it in food retail. And when they say food retail at Nourish Network, which is part of Deakin University. That's the people putting on this talk. They're talking about cafes. Um, so I guess one of the questions that I'm going to talk about or think about is how much does health come into menu creation? How much do people that work in food think about healthy diets when they think about creating their menus? Um, or is it more thinking about, you know, what people want to eat as a treat or an indulgence. I think you do see that a lot in cafes where it feels like half the menu is treat food, the pancake stacks and the, um, I don't know, the croffins and uh, the fried chicken burgers and all that stuff. And then half of the stuff is salad bowls and poke bowls and chia, this and that. Um, so, yeah, it's just really interesting. I would love anyone who's got any thoughts on that to get in touch and we can gnash it out because I think they're such interesting questions, especially as people are eating more of their meals out and about. Um, I suppose you do need to get your balance and your nutrition um, when you're purchasing um, ready-made food. But I don't know, when I'm going out to restaurants, I guess I don't really think so much about, well, I would never think about vitamins and calories and fiber it just it just would not cross my mind it's just what is this restaurant trying to do so I don't know it's really it's interesting um I'm also along with Joseph Fargetto um we are hosting a preview screening of the menu a film at the Lido uh on the 23rd so I don't know if you've seen the trailer for the menu but I'm kind of obsessed with it and cannot wait to see it um it's like a sort of fine dining horror suspense. Uh, some people get taken off to some exclusive restaurant on an island and it looks like they get trapped there and then it turns into some kind of, I don't know, Hunger Games 
uh, but they're actually hungry. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but it's going to be really fun. So, you know, there's a few tickets left, so please do come along. Um, and then on the 24th, I am at a chat and lunch thing at McClellan Gallery, which is on the way to Frankston, uh, with Hamed Aliari, um, whose book I've co-written, Salamati, uh, and Alice Saslavsky, who um, is, will be speaking about her new book, The Joy of Better Cooking. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be really fun. They're cooking dishes from both books and we will chat about all kinds of things. You can ask questions. It'll be really fun and super cash. So I would love to see you there. Uh, my review this Sunday is Rose's Kitchen, Rose's Canteen in the city. Just really beautiful, honest Sicilian food. I had so much fun eating there, but I had just as much fun writing about it. Um, I always love writing about restaurants, just sort of trying to puzzle them out and express um, express my experience, but really express the what the restaurant is trying to do so that people can decide if they want to go there themselves. And this one was um, a really, I just enjoyed reflecting on my experience and writing about it. It is always fun. Uh I also want to <laughs> just acknowledge a really intense food experience I had this week, which is when I bought a whole bunch of pastries from Zelda Bakery in Riff and Lee, uh, and then my dog ate them all. It was really tragic. Uh, may you have a wonderful weekend. May your dog not eat your pastries. Enjoy being out and about, and I will catch you next week. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.